0: So I think this is a a very special forum to be at, in the sense that you know when there's a commonality amongst what um, what we're going through. In this case, an issue of uh, of children. There's a certain energy in the air. At the end of the day, you know, amole e Your children is your life and in a certain sense you know, when you begin life you have aspirations and hopes and you have ambitions and you have uh, a dream and the dream of what you want your family to look like and it has to do with a certain plan how you're going to raise the kids and how it's going to come and then what they're going to look like and then the yeshivas and the schools they're going to go to. And then there's the that moment when they're gonna get married, and I'm gonna be under the chuppah and shepping nachas. And then there's the um, having um, grandchildren and all the nachas that comes with that. And there's a lot of dreams, and then that dream clashes with uh, with reality. And the reality is that sometimes you're sitting over there and saying, "Well, if my child stays alive, I'll be happy." Actually, and forget being religious forget nachas forget just alive and that becomes like a a kind of a, a new goal to achieve and i think the question we want to address over here right now is okay it's very nice that there's a group and um and it's great to be able to discuss with other people it's nothing like, like having a real friend to talk to but at the end of the day the question is why me why of all people in the world God could have chosen did he choose me and that me has a lot to do with all the guilt what did I do wrong and you go back and everybody did something wrong obviously so you're like oh that's why, that's what I did wrong. And now we have some um, some guilt to throw in. And so, you ever see that little guy in the head? It's a little guy who lives inside your head. Bit of a Meshuggah. And um, he loves, loves, loves negative thinking. He loves to beat you up and to scream at you and tell you all the things you've done wrong. And this is why, and that's what happened. And this is the reason, and then at the end of the day it's okay hashem but why do i deserve this and um the answer is i have no idea that's the real answer i wish i could just wave a magic wand and answer up all the questions we don't really want answers do we we want solutions so would that it would be so easy but i think that when we get meaning and appreciate a little bit deeper what's really going on in our lives, it gives us, um, it gives us a reason to be. And when you have a why, it makes the, the, the how so much more palatable. So, I want to share with you a Torah thought, and afterwards, you know, feel free to chime in. Or oh, during, feel free to chime in also, please. And, um, well, let's jump in. Our forefather, who we're reading about in these uh, parashias, he set out on an amazing mission. He is like, okay, I'm going to let the world know about the existence of the one God. That was Avram Avinu. So he's setting out to let the world know about the one God, and he's a good man. He's a holy man. He fights single-handedly against the entire world. And so he came to be known as Avram Ha'ivri. And what's Ivri? Ivri means he's on the one side of the river and everybody else is on the other side of the river. So he's going totally against the grain of everything that exists in the whole world. And Avraham Avinu is the single solitary champion of the truth, of the oneness of Hashem. That's Avraham Avinu. And, um, and he's really good. And he goes and he has messias Nefesh, he gets thrown into the fire. And that's alluded to in the story a little bit, like he gets thrown into Urkasten. And he doesn't care. He tells Nimrod, you can throw him into the fire. And I'm fighting for my God. There's nothing what to talk about. That's a holy man. And we champion Avram Avinu. He's like, Avram Avinu, that's our father. We come from there. We're all like him. So Avram Avinu was Avinu um, was already getting the world to know about Hashem. And one day Hashem says to him, "Avram, you are unbelievable. Like you're incredible, I want to give you a reward. Now, parenthetically, this is a moment called Bris Bein He goes to sleep, and Hashem reveals to Avram the greatest secrets ever. Just as a an aside, how old was Avram in Bris Bein Anyone? 70. What? Seventy. Seventy. Very good. Someone's I just clued in. I just in <laughs> right. 70 is exactly correct so because it says when the jews left egypt they left 430 years after after bris ben absorim basically so 400 years from when yitzhak was born was was uh and 30 years further back was uh bris absorim the trouble with the number 70 thank you is that if he's 70 years old that means he was 75 when he was sent out on Lechracha to go out into the land of Canaan. so actually he was in the land five years earlier and then the breast of Anam Saiyan happened. That's just an interesting aside. Anyhow, so Avram goes to sleep, and Hashem reveals to him a dark secret. Like the way it's described, this this horrible, awesome trepidation. And he falls asleep. And Hashem says to him, Okay, I'm giving you a choice. Which one do you want? You have a choice either you could, um, either you could decide to fall into um, Gehenim, right? That's your one option. Or if you want, I'll give you Shibud Malchis, to be enslaved by kingdoms. That's your choice. Which one do you choose? Would you like your children to go into, you know, Gehennam? Or do you want your children to go be enslaved? Now I'm going to pause and just zoom out a second great choice which do you prefer like he's such a good man he just he's he's dying for the cause he's ready Hashem to do everything for you and what's the reward? like the devil if you do the devil if you don't and here's Avram he's he's just he's getting so excited he's about to have a child Hashem tells him not Yishmo right that's Hashem tells him not Yishmo and later on he gets it it's going to be Yitzchak. And now he's got this message that whatever you have, the descendants that you have, are going to suffer. And they're going to suffer horribly. Because the gam I'm going to punish them, but it's going to be for 400 years. And then the nation which subjugates them will be punished. 400 years of enslave, enslavement. Okay, we got it for 210. But, but that's what he gets. So if you zoom out, ask the question, Why, oh why, God, must you take a Jew who's done so much for you and offer him such a wonderful reward? Why? I, I would think Hashem would take him and say, Avram, you're awesome. How can I reward you? What can I do for you? That's what he does before. He says, You know, Avram's worried and he says, I'm not going to have any children. What's going to be? So that's another story there, right? He puts somebody and says to Avram, You are amazing. It's not going to be Eliezer who inherits you, it's rather going to be your child. And Avram says, I can't have a child. Hashem says, Trust me on this one. You're amazing. Watch me. And I'm going to give you a child and he's going to be like the stars out there. That's so sweet. Beautiful. What's up with Abris Ben Absarim? Why does Avram Avinu deserve to suffer? And here begins the question which we all go through all our lives. Why suffering? And why, for being a Jew and doing good things, do you get to suffer? To struggle? And that message becomes the message for all of us. The more good you do, etc. That's like... The better you are, the more capable you are of handling the suffering and the struggle of life. That's essentially what seems to be going on. Why? Why is this necessary? So we need to go back, and study and live the life of Avram. Now, my question to you is this: If Avram Avinu were around nowadays, right? In Tavshin Pei Gimel, 2022, if Avram Avinu were around today, would he have a message to the world? Do you think the world today believes in one God? Okay, maybe not the whole world. How about in this room? If Avram Avinu entered this room right now, everyone here believes in one God, I assume? So if Avram came here, what would we say? Ah, we know you. You were amazing. A couple thousand, four thousand years ago, you were great. Avram, you look at us. We're your children and we're following your path. And Avram says, do I have a message that's relevant to you today or do you think I already accomplished my, my, my mission? What's the answer? Answer is that every single day in Davening we say, and we invoke that. We say, Hashem, you chose Avram, and you switched his name to Avraham, and you found his heart to be faithful to you. And we saying it today and tomorrow and the next day, because Avram's message is for every single day. Was Avram's mission accomplished? Pretty good so far, but no, not yet accomplished. We're still in the middle, and each one of us has a little Avram Avenu. And there's a point where you hit a struggle, and then Hashem comes to you and says, "Okay, we need to go through a question. Which one do you prefer?" And you Avram says, "I'd rather go to Mitzrayim. I'd rather go to the struggle, and then gain from that." So if we want to understand what did Avram seek to accomplish in this world, then we can perhaps look at it and answer our question. So let's go back to our forefather, Avram, Because the way we know the story, what was Avram doing? He entered this world and his mission was to reveal the oneness of Hashem in this world, right? So the world doesn't know about God. It's a pagan world. And he's coming to let them know about Hashem. Take a look at the choice of words. Hashem yeah. says, <laughs> Lech Lecha, go out. artzecha um, um, avicha. Have you ever done that? Left... Everything you believe in, that means go out of your your home, your family, your life, your beliefs, every single thing that you carry as a belief. That's the first message to the first Jew, and from then on to every single one of us. And it means that if you were raised in the best home, never mind if you weren't, if you were raised in the best home with the best, best type of education you could ever imagine, the only way to find Hashem is when you're ready to leave everything you ever believed in and to switch. And then he says, Go el ha'aretz asher ar What's the English? El ha'aretz asher ar To the land. That I what? That I will show you. But you know, in Hebrew, the words have a much more, the diktuk, the, the power of the words, much more powerful. Think about it. Asher ar What else could it mean? Not I will show you, but rather, I will, be revealed to you. I will reveal, reveal I'll reveal you. I will reveal you. You, will, reveal you. Yeah. <coughs> you will be revealed. Exactly. You will find you. Go, escape everything you ever believed in so that you could be you. Like the Shalah HaKadosh. Rabbi Yeshaya Halevi Horowitz, who lived some four or five hundred years ago, said, he says, the Pasuk says, This is my God, and I will beautify Him, the God of my Father, and I will exalt Him. So he says, there's two ways to have a relationship with God. If it's my God, then me and Him are one, and then I beautify Him. But if he's only my God, because he was my father's God, then Then I exalt him. Why are you Jewish? Is it because you have such an amazing line, such an amazing lineage before you? Is it because of your father and your mother and everyone else before you and tons of generations of amazing Jews who had self-sacrifice before? I hope it's because of that. But that's called, Elokei avi, what we want is, to go one step further. What about you? Have you discovered God? Because Avramavinu Avinu is looking to discover God in every generation and through every single one of us. You are the next Avramavinu. Avinu. And if you understand where he was going, then you see that you're taking your father and your mother and everything you had before, and you're going places where nobody has ever gone before. And that'll give us a little bit of an insight into why me. Why me? Well, who else should it be? The question is, what's the mission of you? This is a mission to go place, the scariest place ever, to a place where you have no idea of what to expect. You going me artsakong, melatonika? I venture to say that everyone over here has a little bit of an inkling in what that means to go places Where you've never gone before It's and not to go away from Hashem. I'm trying to find Hashem in a place where nobody My parents didn't know how to tread this area because they didn't have the same challenge that I have and I'm not here to do anything other than discover a deeper connection to Hashem. I'm not looking to run away. And in this deep connection, I'm gonna find El Hooretz Asher ar echo. I will reveal you. You will discover you. This is not a discovery of your child, it's really a discovery of you. Hashem is inside you, deep, deep, deep inside you. And when he's revealed to you, ah, now you become the next of Ramavinu. How do we discover him? let's go back to our forefather, Avram. He started off and he had a different name. What's his name? Avram. And then it was changed to (laughs) Avraham. Ever thought of the significance of that? Did you ever have your name changed? It gets changed all the time. You start off as an Avram, and you move your life constantly towards Avraham. And we need to understand the difference between being an Avram and an Avraham. So what's the difference between Avram and Avraham? Well, look at the word. What does Av, Avram, Hebrew, what does it mean in English? Av, a father, Ram. Of what? Oh, okay, interesting. But if you go back to Hebrew, what's the word Ram? Ram al-kol-goyim. Exalted. Exalted. Avram means a father who is exalted. Now, then his name was changed to Avraham. Why? Ki Goyim Netaticha. So what's Avham? Avhamon Goyim. That means what? Father of many nations. Avram. Right. Father of many nations. Avram and Avhamon Goyim are opposites. Avram means you removed, you're exalted. You don't relate to people. You ever see someone who's like who's who's abstract? He like he doesn't get it. He lives in some holy space and nobody understands him and can't relate to people? He's a holy person. Might have but, met a few. Might have met Really. <laughs> <laughs> but, just, how you but let me ask you this Have you ever been one? A, holy person, a, holy person. a person who doesn't get what's going on with the people around you. Yeah. Ram. Ram means removed. A step exalted. And yes, holy. In the sense that you're looking at like, what do you mean? We were raised this way. This is how we Jews do it. That's called Avram. Right? You're exalted. And the goal is to become Av Hamon Goyim. Which means to be able to be a father to all the kinderach, or mother, to be able to appreciate and understand and get them. But here's the problem. So if his name was Avram and then he became Avhamon Goim, if Avram means the father is exalted, what should his name have become? Av. Avhamon Goim. Avham, yeah. Yeah. what's with the reish? That's Rashi's question. He's like, I don't understand. You're telling me you shouldn't be too removed. You've got to come down to earth. You've got to understand people. And you've got to be Avhamon Goyim. But then why is his name Avraham? So Rashi's like, yeah, the reish wouldn't let go. She was really upset. <laughs> the yud of Sarai was upset. And Rashi says, and Hashem said, you know what? Okay, fine. Sarah, Sarah, I, I lost you totally. Fine. We'll find a place for you. Yehoshua. we got the Yud there. And the Rashi, we well, can't find a place. He said, we'll, we'll leave you there. Great. Now, there's a little more depth to it. of course. It's that, it's that you're Av Hamon goim, but don't compromise Av Ram. It's not about giving up on your principles it's not about saying okay so I have a kid that doesn't get it so okay I can't be so firm anymore I can't be so religious I got to give up on some you know my kitchen won't be as kosher anymore okay my my Shabbos won't be as peaceful etc 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 no You're keeping the resh because this is not about losing your holiness. It's about becoming so holy that you're able to bridge the gap. That you're not limited to being Ram. You can be Raham, which is opposite. Avram, Avham, together. It's called Avraham. It's what we are. We're exalted people, we're removed, we're very holy, very, very, very abstract people. We really believe, like we really think that this is true. And yet, we're able to relate, not despite, but because of that. It's The ability to synthesize together being removed and holy and understanding Because holy people, truly holy people, truly understand. And when you truly understand, then you truly have an effect. Because otherwise, it's not about the child, nor is it about God. It's about me and my own needs and my own well, my own selfishness really. Is it about Judaism or about Shidduchim? Tough question. I mean, just be a mensch. Like, why can't you just be normal? Secret, secret, so that I can marry you off and have good Shidduchim and have Nachas and whatever. So, go back to Avram. So, Avram's starting off and he's got nothing to start with, right? <laughs> he has nothing to work with. <laughs> nobody ever trod on the path that he was setting off on so where does he go he's like um i see there's a i noticed hashem now the way we're told the story is that nobody knew about god and avram went and told them all about god right so you know the, the books they showed whatever little avram he starts and, and and he tells the whole world about the oneness of hashem so sweet but there's a little more depth in it and it applies even today because Avram's still walking around the world today. And he's saying, Okay, so, well, I believe in God. Even if you also believe in God, what does God want? How do we get like, to connect to Hashem? Now think about Avram. He didn't know anything about anything. He had nothing to work with. What a tough spot to be in. Like today, when you're Jewish, you know exactly how to be Jewish. Every seventh day, keep Shabbos. Right? Every few months, you have a Yom Tov. Chanukah coming up, Purim, Pesach, it's a very clear calendar, you know exactly where you're going, when, you know, you plan the trips, the hotels, the the whatever, everything's clear. Because the calendar's pretty clear. And you know what to do when you wake up in the morning and Davin Shachris and all that. Imagine you have a clean slate. So now you're as artsy as you could ever get. Because you're Avram Avinu and you're just starting off with nothing. Let's go, let's build a brand new, I don't know what to build. Even the fact that it's a religion, that's also in itself an innovation. Saram sets out. Now, he was pretty impressive. He figured things out from his intellect to his heart. And the rabbis tell us that He was able to fulfill the entire Torah before it was given You know what Eruv Tavshilim means? It means you have to figure out that such a thing called Shabbos. Start with that. So on the seventh day, every seventh day, God says to rest. How did Avram get to that one? Simple. He saw God created the world in six days. On the seventh day, God rested. So he's like, Okay, so Hashem doesn't need a rest, but it means we need to rest. Well, How do you rest? So he's like, No, 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 rest means... Rest means, well, you have to to climb up 45 stories instead of uh, taking the elevator. Yep, it's better to climb up because that's called resting. Well, he was able to realize that what Hashem wants through the rest is for you to be able to feel your neshama, to feel your soul. So, what does it take for you to be in touch with your soul? And Avraham got from that, without going into detail, to 39 malachas. He got to realize that if you're eating, if you're eating um, a piece of 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 of, uh, of fish and it's got bones in it, and if you take the bones out of the fish, well then that's not that's working. That's doing something outward. But if you take the fish out of the bones because you need to eat, that's an inward process and step by step he arrived at the 39 Malachis. in other words he didn't get to it he didn't say he didn't start Shabbos like this okay don't touch your phone do sit with the family if nobody's interested and, um, and don't take the bones out of the fish and get all the do's and don'ts he didn't he started and he said there's Hashem and what does Hashem want and so he got to Hashem Hashem wants that and he figured out Shabbos and then he says well okay And then there's such a thing called Yom Tov. Why is there Yom Tov? Because he saw there's a year and there's a cycle because the sun goes around every 365 days. So, well, then we start again. So why are we doing this again? So it's like putting a screw into a wall. Screw it in and it goes deeper and deeper and deeper into the wall. So every year we've got to repeat the same things. And then he built the holidays. Because if you understand the holidays of the Jewish calendar, they are the body. They go by body. The Rosh Hashanah and Kippur are the head. And then there's Pesach on the right, Shavuos on the left, Sukkot in the middle, Chanukah Purim the feet. So we're looking puzzled and like, what? <laughs> Avraham Avinu, he brought it down. He took from nothing. If you're puzzled just by listening to it, imagine what he was doing. He had to bring in a soul into this whole judaism thing and he brought it down and he created slowly but surely a whole process of 613 mitzvahs and it was clear to him that there's a, such a thing called Friday Yomtev Shabbos is the day you keep Shabbos and if you want you have to honor the Shabbos by taking a piece of uh, chicken and, and, and a challah and on Thursday saying a blessing and doing Erev Tafshilem and that's what Hashem wants Avraham had a very exciting spiritual type of Judaism because he realized what Hashem wants and then he brings it down and then Avraham hit a stone wall because it was amazing he had brought God down, he had revealed Hashem he knew exactly what Hashem wanted him to do there was only one problem it wasn't working I remember walking into a lab, where they were making babies. An IVF lab. What? Babies.
1: Oh,
0: I think you said babies. <laughs> <laughs> They're making babies. In a little test tube, and they have this little dish, it's a small thing, and it's 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 a divine experience, I might say, but you walk inside and you see like this um, embryologist sitting down there, and she's watching the screen, and she's sitting playing with her joysticks and then she takes this little thing jig, which looks like a white thing flying over there and this other little thing over there and she says, okay, wham, gonna get him inside there. And you go, and you push him inside, a sperm and an egg, and there you have it. And I'm asking her like, there you have what? She says, well, what happens now is modern technology has succeeded in doing something incredible. Even if you got who knows what problems in fertility, we can get today the sperm to go right into the egg. We can actually push them in. So before you could have had, you know, some kind of issue going on and you would dive into Hashem. Today, science can solve anything. So, wow, it's amazing. So, what happens now? She's like, well, now there's one little thing we have. We don't know how to fertilize an egg. We know how to put the sperm inside the egg. We don't know how to make a baby. So we have what's called unexplained infertility. You know what that is? It's called God. It's like when you hit a point that you did everything that science can do, and now it's perfect. So so yeah, so why is there no baby being born now? I don't know. Because Hashem makes babies. That's why. And if, you, if Hashem decides and there's a divine energy, then you make a baby. And if he doesn't, then there's no baby. That's what Avram came to realize. He had produced everything you needed to create Judaism. Everything except for one thing. It needed a divine energy to make it work. And so Hashem says, Avram, now that you've prepared everything, You've done all the science. You've figured out what God is and what God wants. Every detail you have now. There's only one tiny little missing screw. And what is that? Hmm? This is one step before that. Okay. <laughs> bismillah is a true point. Part of it, yes. Bismillah is also that actually. Bismillah is hashab. I widen the bismillah because Yes. Yes. So actually, it's exactly the same point. Yes. But I'm talking about the bris am sorry, which is also part of another bris. And what does Hashem say to Avram? He says, Look, here, Avram, what we need now is for you guys to go into a process called Mitzrayim. You know what happens in Mitzrayim? You lose yourself completely. It's in a sense like a dehumanizing process. In Mitzrayim we became slaves and we lost totally any connection we had to reality. We lost ourselves completely. As soon as you do that, you know what happens? Divine energy starts flowing through you. That's why you need to go through that process. Because you may have brought Hashem to the most incredible moment, but there's only one thing that's missing. The power of Hashem actually coming down, making the baby, actually bringing God into this world. And ever since then, every single Jew goes down to Mitzrayim. And it's central to our lives. We keep on saying, everything we do is Zeicher Mitzrayim. Everything we do in Judaism, all the time. Even Rosh Hashanah. Yom Teruah, Zeicher Mitzrayim. Whatever you do is Zeicher Mitzrayim. What's up with us, Mitzrayim? There's a space you get into, which is when you have no clue, and you lose it, and you don't know what's flying, that's... When Hashem is able to take center court. Last week I was on a plane for a bunch of hours. What an amazing experience! I was flying and it was daytime, and um, and the Wi-Fi wasn't working. Thank God. And it was that's unbelievable. It's like you can actually think, and you actually just can sit there with yourself. It's like such a refreshing, incredible experience. Like the world could be turning over, and I'm right here. So anyway, I was thinking and meditating and davening, it was great. And then I had a, a book. So I opened up the book and I was actually able to read. I haven't been able to read like that in such a long time. I recommend this book. It's Rubashkin's book. Very, very good. You read it? I started at the beginning and it was too depressing. So I said, you know what? I know the end. Let's skip to the end. <laughs> I'm gonna spoil it. I read the last chapter first (laughs) so I went to read the last chapter and you know I I mean who doesn't know the last chapter we all know the last chapter what happened in this book that's one day you know everybody remembers but there's one part that struck me I had no idea it was absolutely incredible I knew that on Zoe's Hanukkah he was released right And that was a day where the president issued this incredible commutation of sentence and what an incredible moment who doesn't remember What struck me was the part that happened the day before Here's what happened for those who didn't read it it was Aleph Tavis the day before and he says you know what the worst day in my entire prison sentencing was that day so what happened was um, you know, it was sentenced to 27 years which is a lot more than you could expect I mean, a life sentence essentially for you know, for writing some checks or whatever, you know and um, the whole time I had Bitachan he says, I knew Hashem was with me but I also was able to do something all the time so all the time, I'm like one more appeal that judge let's go to some Attorney General of this state and the previous Attorney General on the other one, and we'll get a recommendation, and we'll get this and we'll get that. There was always something to do. There was always a next step of something that I could do to help the situation. And then came, I think it's called Section 2855 of the, of the law, and most people don't get there because they don't have any money. And over here he says, miracles happened and we were able to fundraise and get the money and put the money together and, and we were able to go and, and appeal. So we're appealing to the highest court. I'm not sure if it's the Supreme Court or not, but you're appealing to the highest court. So he says, my lawyers, ah, we are, we're for sure this is going to get overturned. What a question. I mean, after all, there's got to be some kind of sense of normalcy and, and law and justice in this great United States of America. So I go out, the seventh day of Chanukah, Aleph Tavis, and I'm opening the mail. Just look at this mail from some guy in London, I think it was, who's sending me a letter saying, I wish it could be released, and I'm so excited that one day we're gonna meet, this and that, then a little kid, a cheder kid wishing me good wishes, very cute. And I'm reading the whole thing, and then I see, he always has a lot of mail, and then I see a letter, and the letter is official. From the United States of America. It's like, it's United States of America versus Shalomod HaRubashkin. I always look at that, the greatest superpower in the world versus me. Great. And the letter says as follows It says, you are. um, So I open up the letter, he says, I've never got this kind of letter before. Every single time I get a letter from the government or from the court, it is always preceded at least like four days before. By a call from my lawyers, to let me anticipate what's coming. This is the first time I had absolutely no warning, and the letter's coming. And I open it up, and it says, um, the court two lines, the court has rejected your appeal, no further motion. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading this thing, and I'm wondering, like, why didn't my lawyers call me? And it dawns on me, why not? very clear why not because that little two line is called the end and now you can expect to rot away for the next 18 years to go in prison most other prisoners what would happen to them at that point is he says i've watched it happen all the time they rot they fall into a depression and they call up a psychiatrist and they try whatever they could and they take medicines and antidepressants and nothing but nothing helps. And you see them they just wither away into nothingness. And clearly my lawyers were worried about that happening to me. He says, I don't know why. I can't describe. All my years of work had led to that moment. I was, I hit rock bottom. That was rock bottom. That's my right. That's it. I'm done. I'm toast. There's no one to talk to. The whole time, it's like you feel like you're doing something, right? I'm on the phone with my lawyers. There is no more on the phone with your lawyers. There's nothing to do. It's over. It's done. And inexplicably, he says, I feel a euphoria. I feel like, wow, this is the most amazing position to be in. For the first time ever, I'm in Hashem's hands. Nobody else can help me. I'm done. It's only Hashem and me. And for the first time, I like I was able to give it over to God and say, God, it's so great. It's so awesome to feel your presence. And I literally downloaded the energy of Hashem into my system. And instead of getting down and depressed, I open up my Shara takchen. I look inside what does it say there that what is bitachon, what is true trust in Hashem? when you're in a pit and there's no way to run away to and nobody can help you if anyone can help you that's not bitachon that is relying on man and for the first time i have this god-given opportunity and he says i felt an absolute euphoria and i'm preparing myself because i know that tonight that little meshuganah in my head he didn't run away he's going to come back late at night and he's going to nor at my being i'm expecting him i'm waiting for him to come but i'm preparing myself and all the answers of what to tell him and he came at night and when he came i was ready i felt the pain felt the worry and i drew i downloaded hashem's presence and i said wow i am in hashem's hands and i felt this glorious unbelievable connection to almighty god not 24 hours passed by and afternoon, 3.30 in the afternoon, he says, I'm sitting down and it's Hanukkah. so, but Hanukkah's over, but I want to continue Hanukkah, because I love Hanukkah, so it's so warm. So how do you continue Chanukah? halacha is, you start a meal. So he says, I wash, I'm in my cell, they lock down, all locked down, and I'm, I'm, I wash for bread, and I had a piece of challah and, and a piece of bread and some tuna, that's my meal. And I'm sitting over there and, um, okay. Now I'm gonna, I'm a meal, And I put myself in a zone. And suddenly I hear the footsteps. And these are not normal footsteps because I know exactly what, you know, open next cell, next cell, next cell. This is coming straight to me. What's up with that? And he says, the God comes in. The God's name was Good Shabbos. Well, that's what I called him, he says, because he knew two Hebrew words, Good Shabbos. And so I called him Good Shabbos. And he says, come with me. Robashkin, come with me. And he says, I get up where are we going somewhere else. And he's like, straight away. We're going home? He says, come with me. Now, I'm always ready to go home at any point in time. He says, okay. I walk out. says, okay, go down there, go to the office. I walk down, and then I'm like, one second, one second, one second. Either I'm going to solitary confinement or I'm going home. Regardless, I need my towels and fill in. So he says, I dash back into my cell, pick up my towels and fill in. I'm running out, and I go down to the office. I get to this office. I'm sitting over there, He described this glorious scene whereby they announced to him that, well, the President of the United States of America announced 10 minutes ago that you're free. So you're free, go. And they said the words, he said, Mr. Rubashkin. He says, Mr. Rubashkin? I hadn't heard in almost a decade. I was called Rubashkin, not Mr. Mr. was a sign of respect which you never got. And the warden is now telling me, Mr. And then he says, you know, like when, when his wife comes along and he puts on the, the kapata, the feeling of putting on Jewish clothing after so many years, it's pretty intense. It's quite incredible. And what happened afterwards, that part that we know, absolutely incredible. Oh, and he says, you know, I like, I told the guy, listen, he said, I didn't bench. And, you know, when you bench, you have to go back to where you, where you were eating. So he says to the warden, I got to go back to the cell to bench. So, you know, can you take me back? And the ward is like, no, you cannot go back. He's like, why not? Well, he's explaining because, you know, the prisoners are going to eat you up. They're going to, like, never. Other people are there for, for life. they they The pain of seeing someone else released sometimes is too much to bear. Can't take you back. So he says, I have no choice. So I sit down there and I'm benching. And it's already after Hanukkah. But I'm in the middle of a meal. And I still go to bench. So I bench and I say, Alanisim Nisim, And I felt all the miracles that were done then and now. And for the first time in my life, I realized something absolutely incredible. The day, the moment, the second you're feeling absolutely and totally helpless, that's the moment you can download Divine Energy. And you download the power of Hashem right into your being. And you say, Hashem... Take me over. I'm yours. I'm in. I'm one with you. I was thinking to myself, what would have happened if he would have had that feeling five years earlier? Who knows? Maybe he could have done it five years earlier. So someone was telling me, you know, yeah, but you know what's happening behind the scenes. I mean, they were talking about Ivanka Trump and they were pressuring her and Jared to go talk to to, uh, the president and um and they were waiting for the thing to when there was no more choice then they went to the president and the president said yes i'm like right do you understand what happened over here god turned around the president of the united states because there was one jew in prison who had that's what happened because if that would have happened in 2022 there is no ivanka to talk to who would you talk to today which president ever pardoned people in the middle of his presidency and okay you're out out ten minutes later the miracle is self-evident and the most incredible thing ever well that is what it means to be a jew every one of us carries the message of avram avinu inside of us and avram is an Avram. he's got this message he knows god is real but he doesn't know how to explain it and hashem says i want to bring you down to become av hamon goyim i want to show you how you can reveal yourself where you will discover you, the you you never knew existed. Just when you think it's helpless and there's nothing else that can be done and it's over and it's finished and you're toast and you say, okay, Hashem, I get you and then you discover, wow, I didn't know God like I know Him now. Every one of us goes through those situations. I don't have any answer for you as to why me, why you. Don't know. But I'll tell you this much, it is you, and what you are able to do is to say, Okay, Hashem, you got this one. I'm not sure what to do. I know one thing, Avram Avinu, where was he sent? He didn't know where he was sent to. I'll show you the land. I'll reveal you. What do you need to do? Nothing. Just go one step forward in the right direction that's it all you got to do is trust me and go forward to do that to trust me means to download the power of Hashem into my life and every single one of us goes through that whenever you see that child acting out and you don't know what to do you say Hashem just to clarify you made that kid this is your child and it's my privilege and honor to be able to be The parent of that jew and i'm so honored and so excited and i don't know why you would do it the way you did this but all i know is one step forward what's the next thing to do and you download that and with the power of hashem you enter in what you will discover is miracles you never dreamed of miracles you never knew things are going to happen through you And suddenly you'll realize why you say every single morning, You chose a father who was exalted because I thought I knew what Judaism was. And you took him out of our custom and you made his name Avraham. You You made this Jew able to reach people down there, even whilst remaining exalted and removed and godly. The key is in the heart the key is how you feel it's not what you say it's how you feel you get to this feeling of Hashem I feel excited to have this child it's not my dreams it's not what I was hoping for but I'm excited to be your shliach to reach another Jew a lovely beautiful holy neshama and you'll discover what you'll be doing is like a Avinu. You're in Ivory. You're going against the, co- against the normal stream and order of everyone else's. But what you're going to do is channel divine energy right down to the world. And a divine energy and divine power will flow through your mind, through your heart primarily, into your actions, into your child. And you'll discover, that there's so much nachas available in that child? No, not what you were thinking. What God is thinking. But those children are going to be the Those children are going to be created by divine energy. And you have the privilege that that divine energy was running through your veins and through your heart. And the more you feel it, the more you feel the beautiful power that Hashem gave you the more divine energy you get to channel you get to be the next Avram Avinu no we don't know why but we do know that Hashem told Avram because you're awesome because you're Avram that's why I'm putting you and I'm saying to you I get everything ready but this divine energy needs to enter the picture and it can't enter so long as you understand it needs you to cede control and to let go. The second you let go, that's your mitzrayim, allow God in. And that's real life, real power, and what we all go through. So I guess, happy to take questions, if you want to do that. Wow, thank you. And all of us should be for divine energy to flow through us. <sighs> wow. Maybe someone should tell that lady who wrote that it's because we emotionally neglected mm-hmm. our children and that's why this happens. Maybe somebody should clue her in before they She, she, she one got her in a plan. on there. there. No. There what, what is it? Is it? She she did did. Did. I'm missing the, the missing link. Which lady are we somebody, talking about? There was an article oh, oh, was in a very popular one. Jewish magazine. say which one. Which one even was it? Which one? I don't remember. about this. And? Basically, her premise is that for the people that she works with, um, I guess unaffiliated adults, people who tend to offend, she basically wrote an article that, that maintains that pretty much the, you know, it's it's stemming from emotional neglect that these that these individuals suffer primarily through through the mothers. And I'm like, wow. that what the individuals suffer emotional neglect because? Yeah. That the mothers weren't nurturing. It wasn't just both parents. i just mothers. Let's go to the foundation of saw an emotional <laughs> neglect. <Black-thons> <laughs> <Black-thons> Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Moshe, Aaron, Yosef, David. The emotional neglect that went on there. What happened with Adam? His father really took him into the kitchen and age for real. For real. For real. That he, I mean, just a Yitzchak. His father tied him up. His mother died. I'm sure they were very overprotective. They had him in over at 190. By the way, don't think the me. Moshe, grew up in the king's palace. I know the dysfunction that went.